As responsible and effective parents, before we can impart character into our kids, well, we first need to understand what character is and then make sure we have it in ourselves. Character includes knowing right from wrong, but more importantly, it compels you to do the right things and stand for the right things, even when the odds are against you. But today, we're living in a more pampered and self-centered time when trigger words and safe spaces are needed. Many would argue, in fact, that character is on the decline in America. Well, if most people can no longer accurately define character, how and why would they value it as an attribute worthy of pursuing? Today on Licensed to Parent, character, what it is, why it's important, who needs it, how to acquire it, and how to impart it into our kids. Well, welcome once again to Licensed to Parent. Our host is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for troubled teens. I'm Rich Rosal, and Trace, character and character building, these are things that you see every day here at Shepherd's Hill. Mm -hmm. I think it's something you would say people aren't necessarily born with, but you rather acquire it over time. Would you agree with that? I I believe so, Rich. I I will say, however, that certain people may be born with an inherent constitution that makes character building perhaps easier for them sure, uh, than, than maybe for others. But I truly believe that it's it's something that uh, the circumstances of life can either develop in a person or, or cause them to shrink away from. Uh, I've heard it said that character is who you are and what you do when no one's looking. Uh, you know, when it comes to our kids, I think character building is a, a lot to do with the uh, the quality of people that we're surrounded with, that, that whole authoritative community model that uh, uh, so many people are writing about today and that we've been doing here at Shepherd's Hill for forever. I also believe that, that who and what our kids are regularly being entertained by uh, can affect their character as well. Uh, but, of course, there's no better model and teacher of character than, than parents. Uh, but, but that door swings both ways. I mean, your kids are going to learn from you for good or for ill or a little bit of both. Because the two dead horse cliches that we continually whip around here are, you know, much more is caught than taught. And our actions speak so loudly that our kids can't hear what we're saying. But unfortunately, we become so self-indulged and entitled as a society that I'm not so sure that uh, many people, including many parents, truly understand the significance of character anymore. Um, I'm not so sure that, that many people could even adequately define it, as you alluded to earlier. The, the term character never really needed the word good in front of it, it, it in, in, in the past. It, if you talked about someone as being a person of character, I mean, good was usually a foregone conclusion. Right. Unless you called the person a character, then that, of course, meant something totally different. But even the definition of the word good has become a subjective term today. Uh, good could define anyone who gets what they want when they want to get it, uh, regardless of how they get it. Uh, a lot of people today think that that's plenty okay or even... Good. Uh, <laughs> hip-hop stars and rock stars, movie stars and sports stars are now considered good people for doing and saying things that would have not so long ago be considered anything but the exemplification of good character. Well, the game field in recent times really has changed tremendously, mm-hmm. uh, certainly since the advent of the Internet. But isn't that what people are going to say, that, you know, it's just a different world today? Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but in the eyes of God, the game which is not really a game at all, has never changed, regardless of what the game field looks like. True character is something that's rooted in the eternal with attributes that mirror the attributes of God. And these, of course, you know, are all good attributes, as God would define good. And I think uh, that's what we need to be teaching our kids, and, and, and that's irrespective of the depraved uh, and relativistic times that we live in today. So, so let's teach our kids and, and teach ourselves 
to perform before an audience of one. And by performance, I don't mean an artificially induced legalism. Uh, I mean our hearts need to be right before God. You know, you keep the master smiling and everyone else will learn to smile right along. The problem is God is being pushed out of the equation more and more these days. So as responsible parents, we'll have to exercise the, the character it's going to take to go against the flow, not only by teaching and modeling godly character to our kids, but by teaching our kids where it comes from. Uh, and then we have to go further yet and teach our kids how to defend what they believe biblically with history and logic and science and archaeology and facts and statistics, precedent and real-world application. And there are books and, and, and videos and websites that, that uh, can help us with all this. The problem we're having is that our kids are seeing people with zero character appearing to actually succeed. Uh, but again, we're back to defining or redefining yet another term, the term success. So parents, we're going to have to uh, pull away from our own smartphones and TVs long enough to explain some things to our kids because the wrong kind of success is usually very short-lived and usually doesn't require a lot of what God or any prudent individual would traditionally view as success or good character at all. At least that's how I see it, Rich. But we need to find out what our guest has to say about all this. Well, indeed we do. You know, we talked about the game changing. Well, today's guest is no stranger to the importance of character nor to games. In fact, in addition to being the senior vice president of the NBA's Orlando Magic, how's that for lots of great games, and having more than 50 years of professional sports experience, Pat Williams has written more than 100 books including the popular Coach Wooden, Coach Wooden's Greatest Secret, and a book we're very interested in in talking to him about today, Character Carved in Stone. Well, Pat, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thank you so much. It's nice to hook up with both of you, and I'm looking forward to our chat. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your book, uh, Character Carved in Stone. What, what, uh, what got you motivated to write something like that? Well, a few years ago, I was invited to go to West Point and speak to the Army sports teams there and their coaches. Uh, that was quite a thrill. Uh, when I was finished, they gave me a tour of the campus, uh, and that's a moving experience. Mm. Well, we ended up in a little park uh, called Trophy Point on the campus. It looks out over the historic Hudson River. And I noticed in this park a series of stone benches. Mm -hmm. There were 12 of them which seemed a little bit unusual, kind of winding through the park. And uh, for some reason, I decided uh, to go up at, and look closely, and I noticed uh, that there was a word carved into the end of that first bench, on both ends of the bench. And that prompted me to look at the second and third and all the other benches, and uh, there was a different word carved into each of these benches, 12 benches, 12 different words. Hmm. And I thought, boy, there's got to be a backstory here. Well, there was. Uh, the West Point class of uh, 1934, on their 50th class reunion, 1984, uh, they donated those benches as a school gift. And based on their experiences in World War II and Korea, uh, they selected these 12 words as the most important words they had learned about their life as leaders uh, in the military. And they wanted to pass uh, those words along to future generations of West Point students. Well, my, my reaction at that point was, wow, this has been a well-kept secret. <laughs> I, I'd never heard of this. I doubt many people had. 
So I went to the publisher and I said, listen, I think we got one here. Uh, we could do a chapter on each one of these words and then uh, figure out a West Point graduate who best modeled that particular word. And we were able to find that. And, and so there's a lot of history woven into this book, along with these 12 character traits that the class of 1934 thought was so important from the experiences they had had during those wars. Hmm. Wow. Well, it's not just military people that implement a lot of those uh, attributes. Um, uh, compassion, courage, dedication, determination, dignity, discipline, integrity, loyalty, perseverance, responsibility, service, and trust. But political uh, folks who who are good political folks, sports heroes, uh, successful business people, uh, largely people of character, is it just my imagination or do people who have succeeded in life seem to exude these uh, attributes in their in their everyday routine? Oh, I think so. I think these 12 character traits uh, that the West Point uh, folks stirred up uh, transitioned to every one of us, mm-hmm. and no matter what field we're in. Uh, and uh, whether we're leading at home with our families, whether we're leading in our work, or leading in our churches, leading in our schools, uh, these, these 12 principles are absolutely mandatory uh, if we're going to be fully effective. And uh, I'm just uh, tickled to death that we were able to, you know, let, let, let's just say, uh, after I spoke, you know, at that uh, group with the athletes, they, you know, I, I, I got to rush off to the airport. I got to leave. Uh, well, uh, chances are, I, I'm not sure anybody else would have discovered those words on those benches. Mm. So God's timing on this was uh, was just perfect. And I think we've got a model here that can really be valuable to leaders of all ages, yeah. all descriptions, and uh, all levels in life. Well, it's been said that God takes his time, but he's never late. And I think since the 1960s, our, our nation's adopted a more relativistic postmodern worldview where we kind of redefine things. I mean, we're, we're, we've got it down to the point where we're redefining what, what it means to be a boy or a girl or male or female or the standards for morality and on and on and on for good and evil, for right and wrong, for beautiful and ugly. And, uh, you know, let's just take the term compassion. Do you see this term as being misused, abused, or redefined in any way by a lot of parents today? Are, are they exercising? Well, here, here's the story. That was the first bench I came across, and, and the West Point grad that we came up with for that word was General Ulysses S. Grant. Mm, yeah. And most people would say, Grant? <laughs> Butcher Grant, right. who led the Union charge to win the Civil War? That Grant? Right. Well, it's interesting as you study Grant, uh, he was a man of great compassion, despite uh, sending these soldiers into combat. Couldn't stand uh, aside of blood. He, he, was very, he was very, very concerned about his men. Uh, he had compassion for them. He had enormous compassion in his marriage uh, with his wife, his children. And, and, and along with it, uh, he had great compassion uh, for horses who were the key means of transportation back in that period. He loved horses, and the story is told of uh, of him uh, coming down a road, and he saw one of his soldiers on the side just whipping and beating his horse. Mm-hmm. And Grant erupted with anger, went over to that young man and just threatened him 
within an inch of his life, right. said if he ever saw that happening again, he would do this, that, and the other to him. Uh, so Grant was a, a, a man of great compassion. And I think another way perhaps of phrasing that uh, would be simply people skills. Sure, sure. You see, great leaders uh, care for people. They have a heart for people. Uh, they have empathy for people. They love people. Yeah. So the, those are the best leaders I've been around, that they have that deep, deep feeling for other people. Yeah. Getting back to compassion again, from the parenting perspective, uh, a lot of people don't realize that healthy discipline, which sometimes uh, includes punishment, can and should be considered an act of compassion by the parent. I mean, th- there's um, there's an argument to be made that when we dropped those uh, nuclear bombs uh, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that that was actually uh, an act of compassion, a long-term act of compassion, because we're going to lose, both sides are going to lose millions of people if we didn't do something to mitigate that possibility. And you mentioned Grant. This is a guy who couldn't stand the, the, the sight of blood, but he overcame that by shedding some blood. And I, I think this is a, a big hump that a lot of parents uh, these days are having trouble getting past. And I think it was A.W. Tozer who made the statement, we can have so much compassion upon man as to be in high-handed rebellion toward God. There is a time to, to exercise a tough kind of love, which is ultimately, for the greater good, a compassion. Uh, can you comment on that? Well, let me, let me tell you a little story. Uh, we have a most unusual family. Uh, we ended up with 19 children, uh, 14 of them. We adopted from four foreign countries over a 10-year period. Anyway, it was years back that Dr. Bill Bright uh, was moving his Campus Crusade headquarters uh, to Orlando, and I had known Bill. He invited us over to his place for dinner one night. Uh, we went there, and he was very interested in uh, these children, what we were doing, and we described uh, the different forms of discipline that we had instilled to keep this massive household running. Uh, you know, everybody had a job and everybody, you know, it, it was a regimented, it had to be. Mm-hmm, and sure. we explained all that to Bill. And then in his wonderful, understated way, he simply said, now don't forget the love. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the love. And if you were around Dr. Bright, you know, he, he, uh, he had a soft, soothing voice. And now, now, in other words, you know, this discipline is fine, good, but now don't forget the love. So I learned from that there's got to be a good balance in any home of discipline right. and, and, uh, and, and love. If, if those two are in good sync, uh, chances are your children are going to come out quite well. Well, Scripture is pretty clear. If you don't discipline your child, you don't love your child. I think people want to make discipline and love polar opposites when discipline is actually a component of love. And we use this analogy quite often on on this broadcast and and at Shepherd's Hill Academy with the kids and the families that we use, that love, it's like a car battery. You have the positive side, which is the warm, touchy feelings side of love, and then you have the negative side of the car battery, which is the more tough love that you have to exercise to get things done. And without both poles connected, you don't get your car started. And I think without both love poles connected, uh, you you do your family and your your children and yourself a disservice. I think that's well phrased, and uh, I've had a, a wonderful long-term relationship with Dr. Dobson, and I, I'm one of his uh, strongest advocates. 
And awesome. I, I think what you've just shared there is a, is a beautiful illustration. Uh, while we're on that topic, uh, let me, let me just say this, um, from the time our children were, were quite young, uh, we had it firmly established in their minds that at 18 years of age, upon finishing high school, they were leaving home. Uh, they were going A, to college, B, into the military, two of our boys went into the Marine Corps, or C, into the workforce. Uh, they were not going to hang at home yeah. uh, playing video games yeah, all day. thank you, thank you. After they left high school. Uh, I've got a good friend down here. His name is Dwight Bain, a family counselor. And uh, Dwight said his biggest problem in his counseling are adult children who haven't left home yet. Yep. Oh, I and, see and it all the time. parents are beside themselves. What do I do? I mean, this kid's 32 years old and he won't leave home. Yeah. That's why I say to parents, you know, when your kid, you know, is about four or five, you start talking about what's going to happen in their life at 18. You, you talk in the right terms, but uh, you, so when, when they graduate, you don't suddenly spring it on them. Uh, you know, you're out of here, kid. Yeah. No, they've grown up knowing that just like we grew up at 18, I left for college. Uh, I never returned home again, hmm. except for, except for holidays. You know, I, I was off on my adult life and uh, we, we've got to make sure that that gets handled properly. Amen. Because we can't have them. And, and by the way, Dwight said of those 13 million who haven't left home, he said most of them are males. No, that's young, right. Young men. Yeah, we call them Peter so, Pan uh, males. Yep. And by, anyway, I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, we got a lot of people who aren't in the choir listening to this broadcast. That's true. <laughs> so, That's true. And no, by, you're doing fine. And, and by the way, Trace and I are only minor members of the choir because we each have only five children. We didn't have 19. That's so right. We're, exactly. We're, we're listening to the expert here. Yep. We're talking today with Pat Williams. Pat's the senior vice president with NBA's Orlando Magic. You might know him from that, but he's also the author of more than 100 books, including the one we're talking about today called Character Carved in Stone that's available on his website, patwilliams.com, or wherever you buy your books. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. 
Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and we're talking about all things parenting, but uh, most specifically how to be an intentional parent, and we hope in today's conversation how we as parents can lead our children to be young men and women of character. And uh, our guest today is Pat Williams. Pat's the senior vice president of the NBA's Orlando Magic. He's also the author of a number of books, including the one we're talking about today, Character Carved in Stone. And Trace, uh, earlier in the program, Pat was talking about 12 benches that he saw when he was up at West Point, the United States Military Academy. And uh, in each of these benches, there was a word inscribed, each one of them uh, defining aspects of character. Well, Pat, on one of those benches, uh, one of the words is integrity. Can we teach our kids integrity without the moral component defined in Scripture? In other words, does integrity uh, even exist outside of a, a biblical definition? Oh, let's talk about that word for a minute. It comes from the root word integer, uh, which means one. And that would transition to a word like integrated. I mean, you know, that's one society. Mm -hmm. So I think a leader or a person of integrity um, is consistent in their life. Uh, Their walk and talk match. Uh, they're not talking one way and walking in completely the opposite direction. Yeah. Some years ago, I ran into Pastor Ken Whitten over in Tampa, uh, who for many years was Coach Tony Dungy's pastor. And uh, Ken said, here's the deal with Tony Dungy. Uh, the tongue in his mouth is always pointing in the same direction as the tongue in his shoes. Sure, that's a good, that's a good line. I like that. <laughs> and, he, and he said, whenever Tony... Uh, has left a city after coaching there, that city is better off for him having been mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So uh, integrity, well, let me put it this way. Uh, when I have opportunity to speak to teenagers or young people, here, here's what I say to them. Here's what I want you to remember about integrity. Uh, you're the same on Friday night at the high school football game as you are at your part-time job on Saturday morning. Right. And you're the same... Uh, out with your friends on Saturday evening as you are in church on Sunday morning, and you're the same at home on Sunday night as you were at your part-time job, and you're the same at school on Monday morning as you were with your friends out on Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah. I I said, they're not seven different versions of you, depending on who you're with. Right, right. Uh, There's a consistency to your life. Uh, I think that's a... That's a good, clear way for 
for young people, I think, to sure. really get a handle on integrity and what it means. I like that. It, it means it means as one of my sons said about integrity years ago, he said, It's honesty with a little oomph. <laughs> said my my son Michael. Yeah. I, I I said, Mike, what's your what's your definition of integrity? He said, honesty with a with a little oomph. There you go. I think that oomph is spiritual. But I, listen, you're an athlete. I wanna I wanna throw you a curveball. Uh as we speak, uh, my my daughter-in-law is about ten centimeters, and I'm going to be a grandfather here uh, Once virtually again, yeah. any any minute. And, and my son, this is his first uh, child. This is my youngest son's first child, and he's about to get uh, the "I told you so" thing uh, going on because he <laughs> he uh, uh, he was always told that you know when you had that first kid, and because you know they're always worried about can I love him enough? Am I going to do the right thing? I say, it, it, it'll work. Trust me. But as far as that, yeah. that perseverance for parents. Um, you know, as a motivational speaker, you've probably heard this before, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different uh, uh, result is a sign of insanity. But I'd like to challenge that. Uh, that only works in the carnal world. Uh, in the spiritual world, doing something over and over again is a, is a sign of, I, I believe, uh, genius. Because uh, if doing the same, if praying over and over again, and you didn't expect a different result, uh, where would you be? I mean, that would make prayer a moot point. You keep doing the right thing over and over again. You keep praying over and over again, and you do expect a different result until it happens. And I've seen that over and over again with what we do here at Shepherd's Hill. So um, I, maybe you would disagree with that or, or, or comment on that. Well, listen, let's just remember uh, the words of the Apostle Paul who teaches us, be not weary of doing in that. well-doing. Yeah. Yeah. For we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. So uh, hang in there. Amen. Stay mm-hmm. with it. And that, that goes for every aspect of life. Right. No, yeah. You know, banging your way through college or, or hammering your way through difficulties in your marriage yeah. and uh, so forth. So um, perseverance is, is such an important part of success in life. Just Just hanging in there and not quitting along the way. So no doubt I think that's a, a good word. I constantly have had a, uh, you know, preach way back to my children. Oh, dad, I'm tired of gymnastics. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you signed up for it. Yeah. Well, you're not going to quit midstream. There you go. Oh, I don't want to be the captain of the cheerleaders anymore. It's too, it's too hard and they're not listening to me. Well, uh, join the club. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> stick, stick with it. You know, yeah. I I've been preaching perseverance uh, to uh, anybody who will listen for many many years, mm. and uh, it, it, it's a key part of success in any part of life. Absolutely. Well, we have been talking today with Pat Williams. Pat is the senior vice president of the NBA's Orlando Magic, but we've got him on the program to talk about his book, Character Carved in Stone. That book, by the way, is available on his website, patwilliams.com, or wherever you buy your books. Uh, Pat Williams, thank you so much for your time today on License to Parent. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been nice to join you. Thank you. And you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. There you can hear past conversations about a variety of topics vital to intentional parenting. You can also read Trace's blog and learn more about the work we do here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long residential program for teens in crisis located in beautiful Northeast Georgia. And by the way, while you're on the site, would you consider becoming one of our ministry partners? Your financial support in any amount helps further the work we do with troubled teens and helps the outreach of licensed to parent to moms and dads 
working hard to keep their kids from becoming troubled teens. Your donations are tax-deductible, and you can give securely when you click on the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks for listening and plan to be with us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.